The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. And the Twins are baseball's world champion. Number 500 for Harm Killebrew. Francisco Lariano has pitched a no-hitter. Gone! A walk-off Barcelona! And the Twins win it! Behind every memorable moment and career highlight on the diamond... are the true gems, the inside stories and tales. And you'll find those candid, casual conversations here on the Twins Clubhouse Podcast. Now, here's Chris Atterbury. All right, well, welcome to today's edition of the Twins Clubhouse. This edition of the Twins Clubhouse is brought to you by Mauer Chevrolet. Your local Chevy dealers at Mauer Auto are here and ready to help schedule your maintenance needs or book an appointment for a test drive online at Mauer Auto Group. I am Chris Atterbury from my boiler room in southwest Minneapolis, and we are very excited today to open the doors of the Twins Clubhouse to Denard Spann, one of the classiest guys to ever wear a Twins uniform, joining us from his home in Tampa. And Denard, uh, we were just catching up a little bit before the, the program started to roll. It's great to hear your voice. You guys have a very busy household here, and even in these unconventional times, uh, with a two-and-a-half-year-old and a, a five-month-old, things haven't changed a ton for the Spans. No, they really haven't, man. We've, uh, like, we're have we pretty much homebodies um, by nature anyway. Um, but, yeah, our schedule hasn't changed too much because both of our, our children are, are not in school and that they both, you know, stay home during the day. And, and so we've, we've just been trying to, you know, be as creative as possible and uh, keeping them busy. I think as far as we go is maybe – you know, just just on our street, um, which isn't a, a huge street, and and that's pretty much been it, man. Just just staying as close uh, as possible, and um, you know, staying away from people is, is what the order has been. Yeah, which is probably a pretty good idea. Now, Denard, I you know I met you when you were just breaking into the major leagues. In fact, still in the minor leagues, and and you were still a kid yourself. And I can remember it must have been 2010 because it was at Target Field, and they had one of the the. the the parent kids games and you and I, I was a new parent and, and we were in the dugout watching and I want to say it was Nick Punto was chasing his daughters around. They were wearing ballerina costumes, I think, and big dresses remember playing T-ball. I I, I vaguely remember this. Yeah. You looked at me and you said, no chance, not even no way kids. That is not something even on the radar. And now fast forward and you've got uh, two beauties of your own at home. Yeah, that was ten years ago. There's no, yeah, there's definitely no way. Ten years ago, I was thinking about about children, man. I was uh, focused on my career and and just enjoying, uh, you know, playing baseball, of course, and enjoying just the single life. You know what I mean? And I knew that that kids would be um, in the future, but not around that time. And to even, you know, go back to ten years ago and see where I'm at now, uh, sometimes I have to pinch myself because it's like. You know, I definitely can tell that I'm I'm getting obviously older, and and um, just being a father is is has been the you know honestly been the greatest thing that um, I have ever experienced, and um, it definitely tops being a baseball player. I tell you that. Uh, it has all worked out beautifully, Denard, and it is wonderful to see uh, your beautiful family as it continues to grow there in Florida. You know, you started unwittingly started one of the traditions in our family. I spent my daughter's second birthday with you because it was like an offshoot really? of the caravan. And we were driving around, you, me, and TC, visiting some schools, okay. and you were chewing on me for not being at my daughter's birthday, and you signed a ball to her because she was turning two and you were number two, and you signed yeah. a birthday ball to her, and now she's 11, 
Uh, and she just got her Jock Jones ball for turning 11 at Twins Fest, wow. and she's got the whole thing, and you were the start of it. Wow. So is, is that what you guys are doing? Like each birthday you try to get a, a – Whoever a, wears a, the a number. Player, whoever has that number next year, who's going to be number 12? Who's well, it's going to get – it's going to be interesting, right? You got to you got to map it out. So we got you were two, and then I just missed Harmon. Harmon unfortunately got yeah. sick. Molly yeah. at four, Smalley at five, Tony at six, Joe at seven, Suzuki at okay. eight, Derek Shelton at nine, TK at ten, and Jock Jones at eleven. So it's a it's a nice little so nice little group. Keep it going. That, that's nice. That's cool. Yeah, I, I appreciate you starting that for us uh, years and years ago. Uh, again, it's Denard Spann who is joining us here uh, from his home in Tampa. It's the Twins Clubhouse. We're pleased to have you with us. And the Twins want to remind you that the squad will be back. We appreciate all the support during these unprecedented times. And keep checking TwinsBaseball.com for the latest news on your favorite players and your hometown team. When it's time to play ball again, we'll be ready. Until then, stay home and stay safe. And Denard, we thought what we'd do for this show, uh, obviously you have still strong ties to Twins territory, and for a lot of folks uh, still think an awful lot of you and your career in a Twins uniform, and they blanch at the thought of you wearing a different uniform. Uh, So we're going to run through some of the highlights of your Twins career, if you don't mind, and then kind of get your thoughts on it. What do you think about that trip down memory lane? I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Let's do it. All right, let's start with the day everybody remembers, which, of course, is your major league debut. You remember where you were when you got the call? Uh, yeah, I was in um, – we were playing the Braves in AAA, um, somewhere in uh, – can't remember – uh, Richmond, Richmond, Virginia, I believe. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm, like my, I'm going back to it right now. But uh, it was after we had played a game, I think it was maybe like our second or third game of the season – um, I was very disappointed that, uh, you know, I didn't break with the team. So, uh, you know, I had to kind of gather myself together and start the AAA season. And uh, it was, like I said, it was like the second or third game, and we are on the road. And after the game, I believe our manager at the time, Stan Clyburn, uh, called my phone, and, and which he never does. And, and, and so I knew something was up. He told me to come down to the lobby. And, and so, you know, I believe my heart dropped uh, as soon as I hung up the phone because I had a feeling that, I was going to get the call, but at the same time, I'm the type of person, I'm a pessimistic uh, at times um, by nature. And so I was like, I don't want to get my hopes up high. It could be something else. So I, I hopped on the elevator and I, I went down to the lobby. And as soon as the elevator door opened up, he was literally standing right there in front in front of the elevator door. And he just looked at me and he said, son, uh, you're going to the big leagues. And um, I just remember, you know, falling into his arms and, um, it's funny because as, as I'm talking about this, I'm, I'm kind of getting emotional just thinking about it because, uh, you know, it was a it was a long six years for me uh, grinding. And, and uh, so it was, yeah, it was a, a day that I'll always remember. Well, and as you mentioned, you had been in a heated battle and played well enough to maybe make the club coming out of camp. So mentally you had to show a lot of strength to go back, get the job done. You come up, do you remember your first at bat? Uh, vaguely. Vaguely, I remember my first hit, but I my I know my first game. I I went 0 for three, 0 for four. It was uh, at home against Kansas City. 0 for two, two with a walk. Okay. It showed that good eye yeah. right out of the gate, and you yeah. bounced back yeah. to Brett Tomko in your first major league plate appearance. But as you said, you do remember the first hit. Let's see if we have that highlight. When I got the call. You know, what I mean, all of it was worth it. You know, what I mean, all all the ups and downs I've been through over the six years, you know, my career. You know, what I mean, it, it it made it all worth it when I got that call. You know, to come up here and, you know, I'm just excited. I'm elated. You know, I'm just ready to go and, and, and ready for an opportunity. Line drive and a base hit through the left side. A leap by Treaty, but he couldn't come up with it. 
And a base hit for Denard Spann, his first major league hit. That was April 7th. That was your second game. It was in Chicago. And thank God your future teammate Joe Creedy didn't catch it, huh? Oh, yeah. I was, yeah, I was, oh, my God. It was a dream come true um, to see that, that ball, you know, get past Joe Creedy and, and go into left field. And, um, you know, it was, it was kind of like a feeling of, man, I, I've waited my whole life to, to do this, man, to, to, to watch the, the opposing team throw the, throw, you know, throw the baseball into the dugout and, and, uh, just be standing on first base and it was like you know what you know this is this is everything that i've ever dreamed of and and hopefully just the start of, of something you know special well and it was and it was off javi vasquez of the white Sox, and, and denied you kind of gave an indication in those first two games of the hitter that you were going to be because with that short quick left-handed stroke of yours man you sprayed the ball all over the field more than willing to take a walk before that was really a cool thing for hitters to be doing and i guess it's fitting i guess that you slash that first hit to left yeah, I mean that that was pretty much the the type of hitter that I had developed into to being was um, learning how to to use all you know use all fields and uh, hit low line drives ground balls and, and utilize my speed. That that's pretty much what, uh, what 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 I was taught to to do coming up throughout the minor leagues. Now that 2008 season again, you, you didn't make it out of camp. You get the call up, you get the hit, then you go back to AAA and you just rip the cover off the ball. For Rochester in May and most of June. Then you get called back up June 30th, and you took off like a house of fire. You hit safely in 10 of 11. You had a 4-for-4 four four game against Detroit in an 11-inning victory. The funny thing about that game, and I, I don't know if you recall it, in the 10th the inning, you got a base hit with two outs. Chance to against win the game. Detroit? Yeah, against Detroit. Okay. You stole second with Joe Maurer pinch hitting. And okay. then Joe got... Joe got intentionally walked, and then Casilla ended oh. the inning. And <laughs> I just wonder what, what were were Gardy's uh, uh, words for you after that. Yeah, I think I I think I learned quickly. <laughs> they were giving me the they, they were giving me the stolen base, and and uh, I didn't realize you know how uh, impactful Joe was to you know to our team and, and to the game, and and I didn't realize I was just a young player, you know, not realizing that you know the other team was in a sense wanting me to steal just so they could do what they did. And I remember just after the game, you know, Guardy, you know, praising me for my aggressiveness, but at the same time explaining to me, explaining to me, you know, what had happened in the game there. And so um, it was definitely, that was definitely a, a learning experience uh, early on in my career. Denard, you stole a ton of bases. Were you a guy who with, with Guardy as your skipper, was it just a pure green light or was it a situational thing? Did you ever have to, to check the dugout before you took off? I would say 90% of the time or 80, 80, 80 to 90% of the time it was green light. Certain situations, you know, I would have to check in to make sure that it was okay. Well, you didn't always just steal bases. Sometimes you trotted around them. Let's go to July 28th uh-huh. with, of all people, you remember who was on the mound? Burley. Mark Burley. Let's take a listen. Yeah. And here's Burley's pitch. Hit high in the air to right field. Way back. Way back. Hey, touch them all, Denard's fan. Home run number one in the big leagues for Denard Spann. Oh, did he connect on that breaking pitch. Off the facing of the football press box. I uh, respect Burley. You know, he's done a lot in this game. And, you know, to hit my, home, my first home, major league home run off him, you know, that means a lot to me, especially in the intensity and the atmosphere. You know, you know, what we're in right now. Well, if you're going to get your first one, you might as well get it off a, a guy like Burley, one of the fastest working and nastiest guys that you probably saw through the early stages of your career. And boy, you didn't get cheated on that one, huh? No, that was uh, that was six years of frustration of being in the minor leagues right there, man. That was uh, 
I don't know if, if you got on the clip there, why, me coming around first base, and I kind of like, you know, give like a fist pump to myself, you know what I mean? And it was kind of like, you know, I, I've arrived, you know what I mean? And, and let's go. This is what I've been waiting for my whole life, this opportunity. So, it was, you know, I just was ready to go. I, I was I was excited to be in Minnesota. And and like I said, it was it was just very surreal um, just being there, you know, and, and I was just I was ready to go. I was pumped. Did you get the ball? Yeah, I definitely. I have it in my in my trophy case here here in Tampa. Well, that was the first of uh, of more to come. That was off Burley again, and that was uh, part of that 2008 year. Kevin Slowey threw a complete game shutout that day. Morno homeward later in the same inning. I'm pretty sure you had more distance though than Justin did uh, on your long ball uh, on, on, that, on that particular. At least that's a story I'm going with. I'm going with yeah, that story. Yeah, I, 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 I'll go with that too. All right, now the not, only home run that I hit further than him. <laughs> now, now not only did you hit home runs, Denard, but you stole a few. Uh, uh, if I told you we were going to go to Seattle, a place you eventually would play a decade later, Seattle in August of 08, does that ring a bell? Yeah. What yeah. happened? That was the game that uh, I believe Eddie is, was Eddie Gordado pitching. Nah, this was it. This was you stealing a big time swing the off. Home run. I remember, yeah, yeah Robin. I can't remember who was pitching, but I know it was in the eighth or ninth inning, and and um, it pretty much you know saved the game. It, stopped it, it totally it, saved it, the it, game. You guys were up four to three, four to four three. Exactly. Yep. Adrian Beltre at the plate with a man on. Let's listen. And the pitch. Here's a drive to right, and it's well hit. Backing off is Span. He's at the track. He leaps up, and he caught it. What a catch by Denard Span! He took a home run away from Adrian Beltre and the lead away from the Mariners. He has a lot of power. And, you know, as I kept drifting with the ball, you know, I just seen the ball, you know, in the air. And, you know, just like football Friday night back in high school, you know, I just jumped for it and, you know, I used to be a receiver. And, you know, my receiver coach taught me how to do that and <laughs> catch the ball at his highest, highest point and, you know, I robbed him. Well, you might as well rob a Hall of Famer while you're at it. Uh, was that the first home run you stole in the big leagues? It was. It was probably my career, too. I don't think I had ever even stolen one in the minor leagues because, you know, the fields in the minor leagues were a little little different, and, and it, it didn't uh, warrant for that to happen. But, yeah, that was definitely, I remember being the first home run I ever stole. Well, you also, by the way, went three for five that day. You had a two-run triple in the second. You drove in four runs. You mentioned football in the postgame clip, and that reminds me when Shane Robinson was with the Twins. Uh, I, I knew Shane. Played together. We played against <laughs> each other. He's from Tampa. Yes, he is. Yeah. He told me he locked you up as a defensive oh, back when you were a receiver. No, no, True or false? That, Shane. No? no, that's false. That's false. False. That is false very news. false. That is All false. Right. He, he put it, okay, put it this way. He's never he never locked me up one on one. When we played his team, he was at he was the cornerback. They had the linebacker shaded towards me and a safety over top of him. So does that sound like he locked me up with <laughs> three guys shadowing me? You he probably all this help, but he locked me up. Okay. <laughs> you probably still caught ten balls, right? Exactly. <laughs> okay. I, I, didn't even, I didn't even want to go there, but exactly. All right, we got to. We so, had, just had to clarify that. Just yeah, had to clarify. My guy, man. One one of the other things I noticed when I went back in that game. There's so many different faces come through a clubhouse through the course of time. The the guys who batted in that second inning when you had the triple, okay, Kubel, Randy Ruiz, Brendan Harris, yeah. Adam Everett, Gogo, you, Nicky Punto, and Mike Redmond. 
That was a rally yeah. that did not feature a whole lot of the guys like Joe and Justin. Those guys were not involved. That was uh, the scrappers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of team that we had, man. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what made our team so special. I think that's why uh, the fans rallied behind us was, was because of, you know, guys – like us that you yep. know we weren't big name guys but we were scrappy type guys we all had a story we all had been in the minor league for a long time and and when we got up there you know we just let it all hang out and and it's something usually could happen so i think that um that that was kind of like the dna of our ball club yeah you know joe and and, and justin and, and joe nathan got all the notoriety but the dna of our team was was a scrappy piranha quote-unquote type players yeah, I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. So, oh, wait, you get your, your first taste. You go into the offseason as a big leaguer for the first time. You came back in 2009, and we don't have any eclipse from this particular year, but I would argue potentially, Denard, 2009 might have been your best season of a, a wonderful career. You had your highest average, highest on-base percentage, drove in the most runs, second-best OPS. I felt like in that 2009, and what a year it was, uh, especially mm-hmm. how it ended up. I felt like you played at such a high level from start to finish. Do you look back on that season in the same way? Yeah, yeah. I mean, 2008 was uh, it was like a whirlwind for me. You know, I had a lot of success in 08, and and it was like I had arrived. You know, what I mean, I, I, mm-hmm. I to the major leagues, but going into that off season, it was like I was not satisfied. I did, I, I had seen so many other players that you know come out bust out on the scene as a rookie and then after that you never hear from them and so yep. for me it was like my motivation was that off season, like not to be satisfied not to get, be complacent and so i you know wanted to follow up you know from 08 like hey to, to let the league know and to let you know minnesota know that you know that they have a, a new center fielder and, and a new leadoff guy and also let the league know that as well that you know i'm here to stay i'm not a one-hit wonder you know type of guy and so um so yeah 09 was was uh was a lot of fun for me yeah and i know that you took that very seriously being the center fielder for the minnesota twins that baton from tory and he got oh, it from yeah. kirby before him that was important to you right very 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 yeah. i mean i was i felt like i was groomed for 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 that you know for six years you know five or five years i, I was uh you know I, I had to live under that um you know just under under that you know being in the minor leagues watching tory hunter uh, tear it up and, and and had been always told that you know you're going to be the next guy just you know you got to keep working hard and and uh, so I took that serious and, and so that's why in, in 2008 when I didn't break with the team it hurt you know yeah. what I mean and and but you know finally I think in 2010 I was uh, I was granted you know center field yep yeah, and you uh, you wore the mantle well. That 2009 year, of course, ended with the the famous 163, and we were talking with Brian Dunson a little bit about that last week on the Twins Clubhouse. Denard Span is our guest this week, and obviously that's that type of game when you participate in it, you don't forget. No, man, that was uh, I had every single thing you could ask for in a game. You know, what I mean, it was back and forth. You know. Um, just suspense. I mean, it was it was like a movie, you know, being in a real life movie, you know, watching how the game unraveled. And, you know, I thought that uh, Detroit was going to win at least two or three times. And and uh, each time we would find a way to, 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 to get out of a jam and, and vice versa. Even before we yep. won, I feel like there was a couple of times where, you know, it looked like we were about to win. And, and sure enough, they throw somebody out at home or they get out of a jam and so it was just a back and forth game that could have went either way, um, but I think just because we were the home team and we were the last one to hit, that 
you know, it went our way. But it was a game that I will remember probably the rest of my life. Yeah, I think you'll be telling uh, DJ and Jace about that one, putting that one on the VCR oh, yeah. and uh, and uh, or the the DVD or whatever we're watching things on and uh, and, and walk them through a, an amazing night at the Metrodome. Yeah. This is the yeah. Twins Clubhouse. It's brought to you by Mauer Chev. Your local Chevy dealers at Mauer Auto are here and ready to help. Schedule your maintenance needs or book an appointment for a test drive online at MauerAutoGroup.com. Denard Span, kind enough to join us. And after 2009's uh, fantastic finish, you get to open the gates of Target Field with a very special team in 2010. As part of that, you also set a Target Field record that has never been equaled. It happened against Detroit and Armando Galarraga. And you probably needed oxygen by the end of this one. Did you ever imagine hitting three triples in a game? Never. You know, honestly, I didn't even think that it was a, a thing or, or I didn't think it was a big deal until I realized, um, I think after the third one, I, I got, had a standing ovation and they were playing it on the scoreboard that it was like a big deal. I, I didn't even, as the game was going on, I wasn't thinking about it pretty much. You know what I'm saying? I had two triples and I, honestly, I didn't think that it was, um, anything special, you know, I triples was a big part of my game. I think I used to probably hit more triples than doubles, um, my first two or three years in the big league. So, um, but yeah, it was definitely, uh, uh, once, once I got an opportunity to like really reflect on it and, and, um, and, and just think how, you know, special that was, it, it was, it was awesome. Let's take a listen to it. And the pitch swung on and hit well to right field or back to the track. Off the wall, Span in the second, third, Span with his third triple of the night, three runs score, and the Twins now blow it open. They lead 10 to three. And the last one with the bases loaded was pretty impressive. We all thought it was out. I think he did too uh, when he first hit it. I think he started his hold his finger up jog, and <laughs> he was getting screamed at. So and he ran, which is a good thing. That, of course, Ron Gardenhire. Now, Denard, we would have played your postgame comments, but I think Mike Redmond made it a not suitable for work press conference uh, with some what of his show. Run around, run around <laughs> uh, nude, or what was he doing? <laughs> he, was, he was screaming. So did you think you had a granny on the last one? You think yeah. that one was out? Well, you know what? That's, that, I, I just thought about that now going back to it. I, I remember, I honestly, when I hit it, because it was grand, I mean, it was base loaded. So when I hit it, I was, like, prepared to, you know, to, to, in a sense, chase myself and, and round the bases and, and hit a grand slam. And, and so when I got to third, I was kind of upset that the ball didn't go out. You know what I'm saying? So everybody's <laughs> giving me a standing ovation, and I'm pissed off. And I'm like, how the heck did that ball not get over the fence? And so, um, honestly, and it, it ended up being cooler that I hit a third triple than hitting a grand slam. But at the moment, I was mad that it wasn't a grand slam. Yeah, it was uh, a ballpark that was, I thought, so well suited for your swing again the ability to use the whole field big gaps at the time you know yeah. last year balls flying out of here like ping pong balls but at the time yeah. the place was a pitcher's park uh, by all accounts and you really took advantage of all that green grass i'm gonna take you to oh, another yeah. ball game fast forward to 2012 this ball game took four hours and 50 minutes it was father's day and thankfully you sent everybody home in the 15th let's listen those are 90 feet away there's a ground ball right side, Twins win. Tried to throw a fastball by him. Span being mobbed as he is at first base. 
The Twins are going to win 5-4 here in the bottom of the 15th inning. Man, yeah, I was trying to. I had to show Ben some of my old Peter Ward Florida State moves. He was chasing me. I had to stop on a dime and, you know, cut back on him. And he tried to reach for me, and then I cut back on him again. And then finally I gave up. I said, you know what, I'm going to let him go ahead and, and end this. We've already played 15 innings. And let's go ahead and celebrate and, and come in and eat. So, uh, But it was fun, man. That's probably my first, uh, first walk-off since probably the minor league. So it was definitely a lot of fun. Peter Warwick, Florida State moves. I thought you were a Gator. I decided to go to Florida, but I was a Peter Warwick, Peter Warwick fan growing up. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was he was unreal in college. Not not as good as, not as good in the NFL, but in, in college he was he was unstoppable. He was Reggie Bush before Reggie Bush. Well, you were weaving in and out, avoiding your teammates. You had four hits in the game. You went four for eight. Jamie Carroll had four hits as well. But, you know, the guy you really owe the debt of gratitude for that is Trevor Plouffe, who got himself thrown out at home plate earlier in the inning, so you had a chance to be the hero. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I wish he would have been safe so that we could have went home and I would not have had that opportunity. At the time, that's what I was thinking. I was probably pissed off because he got freaking – he was so slow and he got thrown out at home. But, uh, but, uh, but nevertheless, I was definitely uh, – I think we all were happy that uh, we got a chance to go home. We, we were, like you said, eight at bats. I mean, that was that basically we, we played two games in, yeah. in, in one day. So we were, we were all were just ready to go home and um, more than anything. Yeah, that was uh, that was quite a memory. Now, you moved on from the Twins, and, and you were in Washington. You were in the playoffs there. You played in San Francisco. You were in the playoffs there. We ran into you again in Tampa Bay. And you broke the Twins' hearts in that one as well. And, and it wasn't even really your own doing. Let's listen to this one. And Duke's pitch. Curve grounded to first. Mauer dives to his knees. Pops up. Feeds Duke at first. In time. No. Safe. 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 The throw to the plate is offline. And the run scores. And the Rays win the game 8-7. to seven. Denard, that started an eight-game losing streak that completely completely torpedoed the twin season they lost 11 of the next 12 three of them in walk-off fashion got walked off like 15 times that year when you hit that dribbler and you knew joe was down there with a good glove i know you were flying up the line did you think you were going to be out um i mean you never assume anything i mean yeah. you you know whenever you hit the ball you especially in, in a game like that i believe was it the ninth inning or extra innings i believe yeah and i think it was the 10th you, maybe you just yeah, tenth inning. So I, you know, I just said, you know what, I'm I'm going to hustle and, and see what happens. You know, that's that's what, um, you know, honestly, growing up in a Minnesota organization, that's what we were always taught. You know, hustle down first base line and and put pressure on the defense. And I think that's what I did. It was probably a routine play. Um, it would have been a routine play if I was if I were not running hard. Yep. With me, you know, kicking it up a gear on a on a routine defensive play. It, um, it 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 put pressure on the defense, so that's uh, just, yep. just something I could you know do to to help the team win, basically. Yeah, and something you did throughout your career, Denard. Whatever uniform you were wearing, you were making that team better. I, I know that you weren't there a real long time, but was it kind of cool to play for your hometown team? It was unbelievable. It was awesome, man. I, I definitely uh, was sad that I was only there for such a short period of time. I ended up getting traded in the end of May, but. Uh, it, yeah, it was awesome, man. Because I, you know, that that year I was here for two months. You know, my mom got a chance to to watch me play more than she had ever got a chance to watch me play in my whole entire career. Also, I think I believe in in end of May I was able to to watch my my nephew 
graduate. I was able to go to his graduation because it, it fell on, on one of our home day off. So it just was, uh, yeah, it, it was a, it was a, it was awesome to be able to to close out my my career here here at home. And again, you mentioned things like a graduation and your mom being able to be there, and what a figure in your life she has been from the very beginning. And and those are the things you miss in a career in this sport because you're gone. Oh, yeah all the time from the time you're a teenager oh yeah yeah i'm be honest with you that you know i haven't played since 18 and this is the first time you know i've been still not traveling all over the place you know for the first time in 18 years and and i think um i i over this last year and a half i've got an opportunity to just see how much i've missed you know what i'm saying yep. um you know being gone every summer since the age of 18 and and um yeah man it's it's you know obviously you know we as athletes and, and baseball players get compensated really well to, to, to play a game, play a sport, but people don't take into to consideration how much um, memories, how, how many, um, you know, moments we miss with our families and our friends that we will never be able to get back. And, and that um, honestly is priceless and, and no amount of money can, can bring that back. So, um, yeah, so it was, like I said, it was just awesome to, my last season to be able to play in front of my family and my friends. Well, and now you're home in Tampa, raising a young family of your own with your lovely wife, and uh, you get to make a whole bunch of more memories. And uh, I will say, on behalf of Twins fans, we certainly appreciate all the memories you gave us through the years. I know there's when all this uh, craziness gets back to some semblance of normal, there's plans for a big reunion coming up. Uh, if and when we can get into Target Field, is that something you'll be part of? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've already signed up for it, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, just getting back. Anytime I get an opportunity to go back to Minnesota, um, I, you know, I look forward to it, and, and um, you know, just just reliving some of those 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 moments and memories um, that will always be special to me. Just just the entire Twins territory, you know, they um, adopted me. It felt like uh, as as a young kid, and and um, you know, Minnesota will always be near and dear to my heart to the day I die. Well, I'll tell you what, Denard, you did it with class from the from the first swing to the last swing, and we appreciate you joining us on the Twins Clubhouse. I have to close with probably the biggest and most important question of all. You went from this clean-shaven young kid to having a gigantic beard and a, yeah. and a white beard, uh, even as a young man. Now that we're all stuck in the house, uh, I mean, are you going with the quarantine beard? Are you going to be like, you know, like ZZ Top by the end of this thing? I might be. I mean, I haven't shaved my beard in about two months now. Oh, boy. Uh, but, but I just dyed it uh, last week, so it, it, it's jet black right now. So uh, <laughs> I had to do that. It was it was like – I, well, I just started dying in the last year or so. And, you know, as you know, you know, when you don't dye it for a long time, it starts to put, begins to turn back white. But mine was like – it was like a nasty white, like bronze color. So I had to dye it because, you know – I wanted to get lucky with my wife, so um, I had to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Denard, we appreciate you joining us here on the Twins Clubhouse. It is always great to catch up. We look forward to seeing you and your beard and your entire family back here at Target Field uh, very, very soon. Thank you so much for your time, Denard. I love catching up with you. No problem, man. appreciate you guys having me as always. Take care. That's Denard Span on the Twins Clubhouse. It's brought to you by Mauer Chevy, your local Chevy dealers at Mauer Auto here and ready to help schedule your maintenance needs or book an appointment for a test drive online at MauerAutoGroup.com. 
Com. And again, we remind you, the squad will be back, and we appreciate all the support during these unprecedented times. Keep checking TwinsBaseball.com for the latest news on your favorite players and your hometown team. When it's time to play ball again, we will be ready. Until then, as Denard said, stay home and stay safe. And join us uh, again for another episode of the Twins Clubhouse next week. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.